Good morning and welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. I am your host, Jared Feinberg. Alongside me is Devin Jackson, and we are your hosts for today's episode. Devin, yesterday, the last FBS game of the season was played until at least late August. The Alabama Crimson Tide once again became champions of college football with a blowout win over Ohio State, 52-24. to there, there was so much that went on in this game and not just, not just football reasons, but more like NFL draft reasons. Devontae Smith had a big game. Mac Jones had a big game. Najee Harris had a big game. Christian Barmore had a big game. Jalen Waddle was playing, even though he probably shouldn't have. Um, Sean Wade, he had some good moments for once this year. Um, Baron Browning really, uh, stood out as well and, of course, there's also going to be a discussion of like whether or not the college football playoff needs expansion. I think it, there's a good argument that it could, but we'll get to that here later. So I want to talk about Devontae Smith real quick because this is – never seen a wide receiver have this good of a season before. And look, I know we just had Jamar Chase play last year, but Smith has everything you want in a wide receiver. Everything you want. His first half was historic. He had 12 catches, I believe, for 215 yards, three touchdowns. That's absolutely incredible. And that was in the first half alone. He barely played in the second half because he, I think, I believe he broke one of his fingers. It was an index or a middle finger. I'm not sure. Um, but he did lead the game with, um, a finger injury of some sort. Um, really sucks for him. I really, I, Definitely think he probably would have hit 300 yards receiving and probably have another seven catches on the day along with two more touchdowns. You know, I mean, he, he was on pace for a historic performance, like an all time historic performance, um, in college football last night. Devontae Smith has the route running ability, ball skills, the yak ability, the catch radius. Um, he's got the burst you want. He's got all of that. And despite him like being criticized for not being a, having that big of a frame, he is a baller. That's all we care about. He's a baller. I don't like how like breakout age and BMI is going to be like, oh, this is why you shouldn't draft Devontae Smith because breakout age and BMI doesn't look good, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Get out of here with that. I don't want to hear that. Devontae Smith is Probably going to be wide receiver one for me. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was someone else's wide receiver three. And someone noted out yesterday or last night. I don't know who it was. I think it was um, a bigger draft account. Um, basically, whoever you put at wide receiver three, whether it's Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, or Devontae Smith, it just kind of feels disrespectful to them. Because they're all worthy of wide receiver of being the first receiver off the board and being the top receiver in this draft class. And it was the same way with CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs last year. Now we got basically two Alabama receivers and another just random name out there like Jamar Chase who are all vying for that receiver one spot. It's going to be all over the place um, in terms of who has – who where in their rankings. So that's going to be really interesting to see and to talk about and discuss throughout um, the off season as we are basically in draft season. 
you, I, I, I know the playoffs are still going on and whatnot, but college football isn't happening anymore except for FBS um, or FCS games um, this spring because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But, you know, we're, we're now starting to get into think of it. Senior Bowl is right around the corner. We're both excited for it. And um, I want to know your thoughts on Devontae Smith's performance from last night. Yeah, man, it was it was definitely historic. Uh, I think that's the first thing you have to note. Uh, it was one of those things where Ohio State knew where the ball was going to go. You know, it's not one of those things where they had like an LSU where they could have three, four players uh, kind of go off and, um, you know, you don't really know where the ball's going every play. Most plays, you knew the ball's going to somehow get to Devontae Smith, and he just couldn't be stopped. I think there there was no college DB that could guard him this year. He just He's hit that kind of skill where you can catch everything. You know how to get open. And I feel like a lot of players, uh, they don't hit that till they get to the NFL, a couple years into the NFL, um, and, and then figure it out. He's figured it out at the college level, and he definitely is someone that should be one of the first three receivers taken off the board. If you have him lower than wide receiver three, uh, based on, you know, numbers or analytics, then, you know, I, I can't really agree with that. You know, when you watch him on the field, it doesn't matter if he runs a four or five. It doesn't matter if he runs a four, 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 whatever he runs at, at the 40, it doesn't matter because he can create separation. He catches everything that's thrown his way, contested catches. He does it all. You know, he has a full package they can look for in a receiver. And, you know, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the first receiver taken off the board. Now, at the same time, you know, you got to keep the context. Obviously, Jalen Waddle is probably going to be one of the faster receivers uh, that runs. If he decides to run, I don't know if he should at this point, based on how he looked last night. He definitely was not 100% healthy, uh, which we can talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, Devontae Smith, man, he, he's he's incredible. He's what we look for in a modern receiver. Um, he's not going to be one of those guys that's explosive. So he may be kind of in that Michael Thomas tier where he catches everything, but he's not the person that averaged like 17, 18 yards a catch, if that makes sense. And I think he's more on the possession side compared to uh, just straight up, he's going to run past you. I think he's once we get to the NFL, that's where he's going to kind of be at, kind of his skill set. But uh, like I said, that's for a later discussion down the road later in draft season. But his performance last night was, was awesome. You know, and even though Sean Wade has had a, a pretty rough season, he did make some plays. Uh, and, and most of those plays were obviously when Devontae Smith went out. But, you know, I, I just also want to give a shout out to Sean Wade because he – didn't play as bad as people th- thought he was going to play. He still is a good player. Obviously, he's not an outside corner, and he's still going to get picked, I believe, sometime in day two. Um, I don't think he's going to go as late as day three as some people think. But, yeah, I, I was impressed with Devontae Smith's uh, performance last night. It-, it definitely was one for the books. You know, when I I, I-, I post this tw- this question on Twitter last night um, about who had the better season 2019 Jamar Chase or 2020 Devontae Smith. I think production wise, I would give the slight edge to Chase, but just based off the type of season Smith had this year and the way he just took over games. 
and also winning the Heisman. I think that trumps Chase without doubt. Um, I just, just imagine if he, if Bama had played an extra two games, if they had played a full 15 game schedule, they would have won 15 games, go 15 and 0, whatnot. I think Devontae Smith would have hit 1,000 yards or 2,000 yards receiving. I think he probably would have had well over 120 plus catches of, at least. Um, and I think he, he probably would have gotten really close to 30 receiving touchdowns. Like he was on, he would have been on pace for a all time historic season. I mean, not that this year was, wasn't an all time historic performance, but you know, I think like just imagining what Jones, what Mac Jones and Najee Harris and Devontae Smith, like all these, all these weapons, all these players for Alabama, just what would it have been had they been able to play those two extra games, you know, with the regular 15 game schedule? They probably would have been setting records like like LSU was the year before. And don't get me wrong. And there was another question posed last night from someone on my Twitter timeline. Was 2019 LSU better than 2020 Alabama? I still think the 2019 LSU Tigers is the best team ever in college football. They had a better defense, in my opinion, than Alabama did. I think the weapons they had. A lot better. I mean, just stacked. I think, well, here's the thing. I think Smith and Waddle are definitely better prospects than Justin Jefferson and uh, Terrace Marshall. But, like, you just look at that team overall, and they had Joe Burrow, who ended up being the first overall pick and had everything you wanted in a franchise quarterback. Like, they had the offensive line. They had every they had NFL talent stacked top to bottom on offense and on defense. Alabama, while they had the talent on offense, the NFL talent top to bottom, they didn't really have that on the defensive side. So all you had really was Christian Barmore and Patrick Sotan, Dylan Moses. Maybe in the future you'll have um, a couple of their past rushers, Christian Harris. Um, you know, they have guys that can that they will have in the future. You know, that will probably end up being first-round picks or at least the first – 64 picks off the board, you know? So, I, to me, it's just like recency bias kind of took over at one point during the game. Like, oh, this is a better team than LSU was. No, 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 You go back and look at LSU's team. They were beating everyone, all the ranked teams. They were playing a ranked opponent almost every other week. They were playing against Florida. They were playing against Texas. They were playing against top 10 teams like every other week. That game against Alabama convinced me that that team was probably going to be the best team of all time if they could really keep on the pace that they were going. You know, just an incredible team that LSU was in 2019. It sucks that they lost so much talent and they basically had like a really down year. Um, and I expect them to be back to being somewhat SEC contenders this upcoming season. Um, but, you know, let's let's not forget 2019 LSU better than 2020 Alabama. Just my opinion. Mac Jones, great performance. I, I started seeing some hype of him 
saying, oh, is he a top 10 pick? Like, is this the guy that maybe could go to Carolina at eighth overall? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Mac Jones is not a top 10 pick. Let's, let's be real about this. While Mac Jones is, has great accuracy, has great vision of, of the field, he is, he doesn't have the physical traits you look for. He doesn't have the arm talent you look for in, in a NFL franchise QB or possibly like a first round QB. Now look, if he goes late first round to the New Orleans Saints, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, that'd be a perfect fit with Sean, with, uh, Sean Payton, you know, but Jones isn't. I, I don't think Jones will end up with a first round grade. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's that, he's that good, but he goes to the right team. I think he can do, he can do well with good weapons around him, good offensive line, good defense. And that's what the, the Saints have. So I'm like, you know, what does that go to New Orleans? You know, New Orleans, you see that Alabama quarterback? He's basically Drew Brees, essentially. College football Drew Brees. Go get him. Whatever you do, go get him. Because you're not going to have Drew Brees after this season. So, you know, Jones, he's very accurate with the football. Um, he makes a lot of smart decisions with it. Um, you know, he, but he just lacks that. He just, just lacks those physical tools and traits that you look for in – franchise quarterback at the next level, you know? I, I don't think he's – and someone brought this up to me. Dwayne Haskins would be a good comparison to him, but I think Haskins has a stronger arm. So I would say probably even less athletic but more aggressive Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's what – I and I've known that a couple times. So to me, Jones's draft stock really wasn't affected by that game last night. Um he just added more to his production and just continued to show like, Hey, I'm good enough to start in the NFL, but I need to be in the right place, the right team to really succeed at the next level. So I think he may, if he does start in the NFL next season with a team that has the talent to really be successful, he's going to have his struggles. Like Tua has had his struggles, you know? So because Alabama's offense is like, it's, like insanely superior to any offense in college football, you know, like he easy reads for him, all that different route concepts like Sark, uh, Steve Sarkeesian has done a great job with that offense. And he's now heading to Texas to coach for that team. Who's got some really nice players going on over there. But anyways, Jones draft stock still the same. Um, Najee Harris still, I think he's RB1. I don't think that's out of the question. The, <laughs> the hits that he took near the goal line last night, I don't remember at which point in the game it was. I think it was in the third quarter. He just absorbed it. He didn't go down nothing. Proctor went down. I was like, oh, my God. I started giggling because I'm like, I've met like, the core strength, your core strength. Harris has an insane amount of core strength and balance there. That's insane. If I got hit like that, I would be dead. I would be dead, lying on the ground. I'd be in a gurney, heading down to the 
hang down to get cremated. <laughs> you know, that's like, wow. Harris, incredible balance, incredible football player. He couldn't be stopped. He couldn't. I don't think anyone on Alabama's offense could be stopped last night. But, you know, those two players really stood out to me in that game, of course. Um, I think both, I think all three, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, and Najee Harris all could end up being first round picks. Um, Jones, he, it, it doesn't really seem like he, he could end up being a late first round pick, but, you know, I think it's more likely he ends up in the second round. Um, I think Najee Harris, while, um, his position value is going to be um, very, very low. Some team is going to take an opportunity on him and be like, hey, you're going to be our starting run back, bell cow running back, go out there and dominate. Harris can go out and just dominate at the next level. I don't have any question about that. So a lot of talented players on that Alabama offensive skill position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, Mac Jones – I think he's definitely one of those players that's done the most for his draft stock uh, this season, uh, just based on the fact that a lot of people thought he was going to be kind of a game manager and uh, someone that, you know, just basically all you got to do is get the ball to the weapon, score a couple times, and, and call it a day. But he's really taking his game to the next level. Uh, he's making reads downfield. He's making those long throws. Uh, he, can, he can make all the throws. He's not someone that's going to uh, wow you with his arm strength or – you know, throw the ball 80, you know, yards in the air, anything like that. Uh, he's just not built like that, but he he makes good decisions, and that's what you look for first in a quarterback. Does he make good decisions, uh, especially when he throw the, throws the ball down the field? And, you know, when you're throwing the weapons like Waddle and Devontae Smith and uh, John Mechie and, and Forrestal and all those guys on, on their skill position, even Najee Harris, you know, your your job is a little bit easier, but he still was out there. Uh, you know, throwing in tight windows and uh, just making the right read. So I definitely could see him, you know, kind of sneaking in the end of the first round for a team that has all the pieces around him. I don't think he's the type of quarterback where he's not going to create, uh, you know, on a down-to-down basis. He basically takes what's in front of him and he makes smart decisions. And, you know, I, I don't know kind of what the stock is now with that type of quarterback. Like you said, I will not have a round one grade on him uh, just based on his skill set. I think quarterbacks that go round one have a special thing about them. You know, we know Trey Lance, like he has a really good arm. He can create outside of the pocket. He's a good runner. Uh, Zach Wilson, similar, similar type thing. He can create, create outside of the pocket and, uh, you know, do a little bit of everything. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, we know about them. They're on the tier of their own. So Mac Jones doesn't really fit that, description of uh, a quarterback that creates on his own but he still is a really good football player and you know he's he's still probably going to be a, a top round pick either first or second round probably at this point uh maybe third if, if things don't go exactly his way during the draft process but i fully expect him to continue his trajectory and uh, a team you know probably potentially a, a championship contending team or a team with quarterback away I may look at him and say, you know, we want to bring you on. So he's done really good for his draft stock. Obviously, Najee Harris has been insane all season long. And he's made significant strides. We know we thought he was going to be, you know, kind of a bigger back, you know, not necessarily elusive, but can break tackles, 
Uh, it was a pretty good catcher out of the backfield, but he's, he's also taking his game to another level as well. Uh, he's definitely RB1 or RB2. I know some people have had Javante Williams as RB1 in, in some of their rankings, but, uh, for Najee Harris not to be a top two running back, I think at this point, uh, it, it's, I find that very hard to believe he won't be. I know a lot of people will point towards his size and, you know, just his running style is not being really sustainable, but, I think, uh, in general, he's going to be a top two running back. Uh, Mac Jones probably is sealed a top five, top six quarterback, probably top five. Uh, at this point, I don't, I don't really think, I think he's kind of separating himself a little bit from Kyle Trask in, in the fact that he can do just a little bit more, has a little bit more zip on his passes, uh, just overall better, a, a little bit better decision maker. So I think teams may favor Mac Jones over Kyle Trask. And who knows? You might see Mac Jones down at the senior bowl. Uh, he could very well play in the senior bowl. He's a senior and I would not be surprised if in the next week or two, uh, he gets that invite and he plays down in Mobile and, and continues to train and, and keeps it rolling. Yeah, man. And looking at just looking at Alabama's offense, you know, this is just. We've never seen anything like this. Well, we kind of have. We saw it at LSU not even a year ago, like just dominate Clemson in the national championship and end up becoming probably the best team of all time, you know, and in not only the college football playoff era, but in college football in general, you know. And, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, I, I about Najee Harris, his running style is probably won't last as long. But he's so elusive. His footwork is absolutely incredible. His vision um, behind the line of scrimmage and in the open field is phenomenal. Like this, this is a great, great player. Great all-around prospect. Um, great athleticism. Doesn't have the long speed you look for in an NFL running back, but he he's got the playmaking ability that a team would want. Um, at the next level, Christian Barmore has been really making a case to be the first uh, interior defensive lineman off the board. And man, he, he has been awesome. Just absolutely awesome. He was, he had a great game last, uh, last night against Ohio State, dominant um, on the line of scrimmage, making great plays against the run and pressuring the quarterback consistently. Um, think once we go back and watch Barmore's tape, we're going to say, hey, this is definitely the best interior defensive lineman in this draft class, more than likely. Um, you know, the interior defensive line class, it's not as strong as we were hoping it would be in the preseason. Um, Marvin Jones really fell off, and he ended up um, opting out in the middle of the season. Um, and I think it was also due to injury. Um, also, you had uh, Jalen Twyman who didn't play at all this season, though he's starting to get some hype again once people are now going back and watching his tape. Um, I know Tyler Forness, our um, our colleague with BlueChipScouting.com, he um, was watching him the other day, and he was really impressed with his tape. So, you know, there's still hype around him, and it's, I think that will start gaining, uh, gaining speed um, here shortly and throughout the draft process. Let's talk about Justin Fields real quick, because I, I, I thought Justin Fields, had a really solid game last night. I think even though despite him being down for most of the game, um, he made some good decisions with the football. 
Um, for the most part, there were some instances where um, he was double clutching. He was hesitating a little bit on some of his throws, and that kind of got him into trouble at times. Um, on that, uh, I think it was his last drive of the game. He um, missed a wide open guy, or he had him like it was an accurate throw. The guy just dropped it um, wide open in the end zone. So he did a good job maneuvering around in the pocket, making plays on the run. Um, he's still a big threat as a runner, and he will be at the next level. Um, I'd be shocked if he decides to come back in another year because if he does, he's undoubtedly the top quarterback for next year's draft, in my opinion. Um, if he were to stay, but I doubt it. He he will more than likely declare for the draft here in the coming days. And I wouldn't be surprised if we hear an announcement either today or tomorrow. Um, Jalen Waddle was playing last night, and even the and while I do respect and love the heart he had to coming out there on the field, coming off uh, a fractured ankle they suffered not even five months ago, um, four or five months ago, a few months ago at least. He really shouldn't have been out there. Like you can tell, he was hobbling around, um, even while he was running the football or while he was running routes and whatnot, catching the ball. But even at less than 100%, he was still very effective in the passing game. Um, he ran, I mean, he was still the great route runner. He, um, we saw, we've seen on tape. Um, you could see there were some bursts of explosion, um, with him and on, on some plays, but, it really wasn't there because he was still favoring that ankle. But um, I love that Jalen Waddle was able to get some touches um, in the game um, and, his, and possibly his final game with Alabama. Um, and Waddle himself will, could end up being the first receiver off the board. So um, it was nice to see the heart out there, but really risking uh, more injury to that ankle, possibly risking your season for next year and pros potentially, I, I wasn't really a big fan of that. But, you know, props to him. Jalen, uh, not Jalen Wild, Sean Wade, he did have some struggles in that game like he has all season, but he had some really nice reps throughout the game, uh, made some great plays against the pass um, when like he was doing well in uh, press coverage at times, uh, making good plays on the football in terms of batting him down whatnot. Um, he got cooked by Devontae Smith. He wanted Devontae Smith, and he got cooked. Just if any quarterback, here's the thing. You better be a damn good cornerback. You better be someone like Patrick Sertan or Derek Stingley or some top corner in college football, someone that can actually cover wide receivers worth a damn. Don't go out there, and I know I'm sounding like a boomer here, but don't go out there and say, oh, I know who I want to play up again, who I want to play in the championship this Sunday. I know who I want to go up against. You better watch your words, bro. You better watch those words because they came back to bite them bad. Sean Wade got cooked by Devontae Smith. He got cooked by Jalen Waddle. But here's the thing. Sean Wade... He was good in the box. He was good playing near the line of scrimmage. He was good playing at nickel. He will probably be a big nickel slash box safety at the next level, in my opinion. I think that's where he'll have more success at the next level. And, you know, we saw him make some great plays against the run last night. He made a great tackle on Najee Harris in the backfield um, earlier in the night. So, 
you know, there's potential with him at the next level. It's just not him as a boundary corner uh, playing against um, X's and Z receivers. It's just not for him. Baron Browning really flashed last night. He was making plays all over the field, sideline to sideline range, showing off that great athleticism. If you think this, I've seen comments of him like, oh, he's slow and whatnot. I don't know what tape you're watching. I don't know what player you're watching, but it's totally different from what we saw last night with Baron Browning. He was all over the field. He was really making a case to potentially be one of the first linebackers off the board. You know, if it, I, I think there will be a team out there that could favor Browning over Dylan Moses. And I think once the draft process comes to an end for me, and once the draft is actually started, I think I'll have I there's a chance I could have Baron Browning over Dylan Moses in my rankings. There's a really good chance there. I didn't really notice Dylan Moses that much um, last night. I just really didn't pay attention. I was more focused on um, both offenses, just watching their watching the talent on both on um, both of those teams on offense, and I really didn't notice um, Dylan Moses that much. Um, but I'll, once the tape is available, I'll definitely go back and see what he, what he did well, what he didn't do well. Um, and I think Dylan Moses will be something to keep an eye on um, throughout the draft process. You know, he's been dealing with um, that knee injury still that he suffered last year. He was still favoring it a little bit throughout the year. Um, he did show some good flashes throughout the year, but you know. Um, I think when we, when it comes to Dylan Moses, we're going to have to go back and watch this 2018 tape to get a good understanding of, okay, this is the type of player he can be at the next level. Um, but that still shouldn't mean we should just throw out 2019 or 2020 um, without question. Like We have to look at that tape to see what are the good things he actually did during the season. Um, so I want to know your thoughts on Fields, um, on Sean Wade, Baron Browning, like um, – what, what did you like? Um, what did you like from Chris Olave? I didn't really get a chance to talk about him. Jeremy Rucker, what did you think about them? Yeah, so I think, you know, just based on the situation, you know, Ohio State was down from the get-go. You know, once you don't score a couple times on drives, then Alabama starts to build their lead, and then you have to play from behind. But uh, I really like what I saw from Jeremy Rucker. I'll start with him. Uh, I think he's probably one of the more underrated tight ends in this class. Uh, because he's not someone that's going to have, you know, those seven, eight receptions a game. You know, he makes about three or four just based on, you know, the volume that Chris Olave gets, that Garrett Wilson gets, that the running backs get, and some of the other slot receivers that Ohio State utilizes. So Rucker is used a lot in their running game, and he's shown to be probably one of the best, if not the best, run-blocking tight end in this year's class. Um, so he he's... He's really good. He's a really good player. Uh, I think someone that can kind of rise up draft boards as more people kind of dive deeper into Ohio State's film and he'll flash here and there. Like I said, he does not have the volume of catches, but he's uh, more athletic than given credit for and, and someone that makes plays downfield. Chris Olave is Chris Olave. He makes insane catches. Uh, contested catches, a really good route runner, one of the best in this receiver class. So nothing really changed with me uh, about his performance. Uh, he got open last night. There were some passes that uh, Justin Fields missed. You know, he's open down the sideline one one of the plays uh, in the second half. So he's still finding ways to get open. Uh, no big change for me. I still think he's probably 
he's certainly a top five receiver and, and a fringe first rounder. Um, Justin Fields, uh, you have to love his toughness, first of all. Uh, he's, he's dealing with a rib injury, so we knew he wasn't 100% coming into last night. And the fact that there, there were plays where he made really good throws. Um, unfortunately, I, th- I believe one of his touchdowns got taken away, or one or two of them got taken away, but they were still really gr- great passes. The slot fade, uh, he threw a nice back shoulder ball. Uh, that was ultimately dropped, unfortunately. Uh, he also threw a nice one to Chris Olave. Olave just couldn't get his feet down in the back of the end zone. So he was throwing dimes all over the field, especially in the second half. Uh, he continues to show that he's a top two quarterback, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to be lower than QB2 or QB3 on most people's boards. Uh, he just shows that, you know, he can, he can make all the throws. Once he gets healthy, we'll see a better, uh, you know, Better looking Justin Fields, but you have to love the toughness he had and, and was able to pick up first downs with his feet and, and try to keep Ohio State afloat. I mean, the defense wasn't helping at all. Uh, they were giving up big plays left and right. So you had to try and answer them almost every drive. And that's impossible to do, especially when you're not healthy. So uh, I really like what I saw from him. I think, you know, his game against Clemson is, is going to be the one that's looked back on as, you know, he had a masterful performance. And there were some throws he had last night against Alabama that uh, were some masterful throws. So you, you're you not going to be disappointed when you look at his tape. I know he didn't have the greatest game against Northwestern, but, you know, you, you take it in stride and uh, understand every prospect has a bad game. So, it, it, it you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, and then finally, Sean Wade, he's someone I, I had talked about coming into the game and during the game. Uh, he's not as bad as people think. You know, he's not he's obviously not a outside corner. I think we discovered that, especially midway through the season uh, and even after the Penn State game. I thought I think we kind of discovered that he's not going to be at that an outside corner at the next level. But, you know, last year's tape showed he's very good as a nickel. And, you know, he he made some plays even last night that showed that he'd be a good nickel. You know, he's not because when you when you think about uh you know the type of routes that inside uh receivers run you know vertical is is one of the ones that they run but it's not like a main thing it's not it's not going to be one of those things that's constantly happening and his biggest thing is turning back for the ball and and finding the ball in the air that's his big problem especially at the catch point i think him playing nickel at the next level will help him kind of develop those skills and and help understand that you know, he's there, make, he's there for the play. A lot of the plays that he, you know, gets beat on is because he's there, but he just doesn't turn his head around in time. Uh, I know there was a couple of plays last night where Devontae Smith got past him. Uh, even last week as Clemson, there was a few plays where Powell got past him. But generally speaking, when you watch him in phase and coverage, he's there ready to make the play. He just has to make the play. So when you have somebody like that, all you got to do is get him to kind of learn that. And I think him him being paired up with the NFL coach will help with that. Uh, and I think he's he's going to turn out to be a pretty good pro. 
uh, and possibly one one of the better nickels uh, in the NFL. So teams are still going to cover his ability. I know his outside corner uh, abilities are not great, but if you draft him and play him at the right position as, as a nickel, uh, some people think he may be a safety. If you play him at, at one of those positions, I think he'll excel and still won't be be one of the be- better players in the 2021 draft. Yeah, man, and you know, ju- I compared Justin Fields to Cam Newton last night, um, and I've been doing that for most of the season. And the reason why is the play style; they're so similar. But Fields coming out of college is more pro ready, in my more more refined as a passer. Um, probably a lot is definitely a lot more accurate than Cam was coming out of college. Um, but he has that toughness that Cam has. He has that leader, the leadership skills that you look for in a quarterback. Like there's so much that fields does that is similar to Cam Newton. He's not the power runner that Cam Newton was, but he, he is like what a newer version of Cam Newton would look like, you know, what today's version of Cam Newton would look like. Like that, that is a player that I would want on my team. And I, I will be quite honest with you. I'll be biased here real quick. I really hope Justin Fields is available at eight because, you know, I, either Justin Fields, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, you know, that, that's who I want for the Panthers at eighth overall or in a trade up, you know, um, Justin Fields, like he has the arm talent. It's not, it's, he doesn't have like a hose of an arm, you know, but he he's got a very, very good arm um, that he can just make, put throws anywhere he wants to. Um, similar to what Trevor Lawrence can do. He can just make every throw um, that you want him to make. Um, someone told me last night he can't he doesn't read the field well. And that that's just inaccurate. He, he can read the field well. It's just him really hesitating, um, double clutching, like, oh, should I go here? Should I go here? No, yeah, throw it here. You know, like, he, we saw that a couple times last night, and we've seen that throughout the season. And we also saw that um, in 2019 um, when watching his tape for summer scouting. You know, he uh, double clutched on throws. Um, it almost got into trouble a couple times. You know, the, it, it builds mentally, I think, that's something that can really improve as he goes along in the NFL. Um, that's something that um, teams will talk to him about. I don't think his draft stock is going to be affected in any sort of way after some of his bad games. You know, it, it's just the player he is and the player he is in college. You know, um, he's so terrific talent. He can see the field well. Um, he's a great runner of the football. He's got a great arm. Um, he's a great leader. He's got incredible toughness. You know, that's the stuff you look for in an NFL quarterback. So, um, or in today's NFL quarterback, at least. So I'm, I'm really excited to evaluate Justin Fields uh, once his um, championship take comes available. And then I can really start getting into all the players to take, uh, start really getting into evaluation, start grading players. Uh, and then by the time maybe even March comes around, I'll have my big board ready, you know? So I'm, I'm really excited for the draft process overall. Um, I want to, Say this real quick. I want to break this, um, and we were talking about it um, for the show. Um, Dorian Kendrick is coming back to Clemson for another year. The cornerback out of Clemson. Um, this is this is kind of big big news for the cornerback class overall. 
for this year and next year. Kendrick was probably going to be a first-round pick just off his ceiling alone and the tools he had to possibly be a starting NFL quarterback. Now with another year at Clemson, I think that will really help him in terms of his technique, his um, his discipline and coverage. Um, you know, he's got the athleticism and the size and the length, and he's got the tools you want for a starting NFL quarterback. He just needs to really hone those hone that technique, hone that discipline in. And when he, if he's able to do that next season for Clemson, he's probably, he could end up being hot take here. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, It might be biased. You know what I'm going to say. First cornerback off the board in 2022. I know. I'm sounding crazy here. I know Derek Stingley will probably be the first cornerback off the board. Listen. But man, Kendrick, listen, man. He, has a chance to really just explode his draft stock with a great season next year. Clemson's secondary is going to be nice next year. Kendrick, Andrew Booth, Athletic Freak, Sheridan Jones, Mario Goodrich. That is a nice cornerback room in Clemson. They're going to give they're going to give Georgia week one a lot of problems. Just yeah, saying. I mean, I'm not even mad about that take to be honest, because I also probably am going to have a take when I get to that point that is going to, you know, ruffle some feathers as well. But I'm not going to do that because that's for the that's for the 22 2022 class, too. Hey, hey, Um, we talk about the draft on here all the time. We can talk about 2022 if we want, man. That's true. That's true. But. That no 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 I I gotta say that one that's that's okay. for the chamber man that's for the you chamber. better put down a sticky note to remember because oh, as listen, soon as the I, NFL it's... draft is over we're going to start getting into we're going to start looking at some of the players you better have that take ready oh I'm I'm gonna have it ready I'm probably gonna put out an article too so and, and then oh, turn off okay. all my notifications okay. so all right uh, it'll be it'll be ready man but yeah I <laughs> I have a I have a similar take it's for a different player. It's for a different player. It's not Stingley. It's not Stingley. That's all I'll say. Which conference? Uh, it is not a Power 5 conference. That's all I'll tell you. So, that's all I'm going to say. It's group of five. Tell me it's the Sun Belt. I, I think I know who you're talking about. It is not the Sun Belt, but... Okay. But, but I think I know who you're talking it's about. Not a, it's not a Power 5 conference. I... Uh, it, all I'm going to say is if you see my tweets within the last month, you probably have an idea who it might be, but that's all I'll say. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Yep. I know who it is. Okay. Okay. All right, Devin. I see you. All right. All right. I don't want to spoil it's, it. It's, but time, okay. it's, it's, time to, it's time to plant the plant the flags as soon as, as soon as the draft is over and, you know, everyone's done with their draft grades and everything like that. It'll be probably be out probably the first week of May. So, okay. All right. Go from there. All right. I I think I know who you're talking about. So I definitely now know who you're talking about. Like just thinking like, who you, Oh, okay. Now I know who you're talking about. All right. We'll, we'll keep it a secret. I got you. I got you. It might be a player that I might, not even realize who you're talking about but at the same time it might be i have no idea but one one more thing before we go i want to go on a little rant a little quick rant college football playoff needs an expansion it definitely does it, it, it's gotta have an expansion 
we can't be having Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and then another really good um, group of five, um, not group of five, power five team in the college football playoff. We need to have a more diverse, expanded playoff where we have teams like Texas A&M, UNC, Oklahoma. You know, I think Oklahoma really would have had a shot at winning the national championship had they been playing great offense and Spencer Rattler wasn't turning the ball over as much early in the season. Like, if they were playing like that, they were playing like they did against Florida earlier in the season, they would have been in the playoff. They probably would have been in the top seed, in my opinion. They were on. They were looking good. But, of course, Oklahoma being Oklahoma, played bad defense early on. Spencer Rattler struggled, but he's gotten better. But, hey, that, that's, we'll talk about that at a later date or a later time later this year. It, we, we just need more diversity in the playoff. We need more teams in there to really just challenge those um, powerhouse teams like Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, who are going to be losing talent, but at the same time uh, basically retooling and probably not lo- even losing a step. Um, there's a chance Clemson might not even make the playoff next year because they're going to lose Trevor Lawrence. They're playing Georgia week one. Then they got the ACC championship. They end up playing North Carolina in that game, you know, it, or even Miami. They could lose that way. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but I think over the next couple of seasons, we need to have the playoff field expanded because I know that probably like a five or a six seed could possibly beat one of the top two seeds, you know? Um, we need like more because teams get better as the season goes along. Like we saw that with Oklahoma. They struggled early on. They started one and two and you know, they really need to get going. Their defense stepped up big time. Their offense really started to get into rhythm. And then the next thing you know, they're blowing out Florida. And now I get it. Florida had barely like most of their players on offense. They didn't have Kyle Pitts. They didn't have really Kadarius Tony. They didn't have the weapons on offense that they would have been able to really match up well with um, Oklahoma. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to stick with that. Oklahoma would have been beaten one of the top three teams in um, the playoff, and they probably would be in the football playoff championship game, you know? So who knows? Just I think everyone would agree with me that the playoff field needs expansion, need more diversity, need more excitement, more discussion, more debating about who will be the eight teams in the playoff, you know, and not just four teams. Um, I, I think that would be good for college football. I think that would be good for the excitement of college football. Um, so there's that. That's the end of my rant there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you all here shortly. Peace.